We're listening to Irish Illustrated Insider with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I am Tim Priester, and it is Notre Dame Georgia week. We're a couple days away from Notre Dame taking on Georgia in Athens. The weather in Atlanta, the Atlanta area anyway, has been very, very hot. You know, Brian Kelly was talking about it being so hot here this week, and it really hasn't <laughs> turned out that way. So that's a little bit of a concern going down there along with the 18 five-star players that, that Georgia has. But in the previous podcast, I think we hit upon everything that could possibly go wrong for Notre Dame. And we're going to use segment one here to talk about the things that Notre Dame can do in order to defeat no, Virginia. No, I'm, O'Malley, you can start. No, O'Malley, O'Malley gets goes to go first. first. O'Malley goes first. <laughs> Defensively, I actually believe there's more to come from Notre Dame than we've seen in the first two games than offensively. So I'm going to focus on the defense. I think, I don't know why Julian Aquara has made one play in two games while Dalen Hayes and Ade Ngadeche can play over the field. And to me, I was really like... <laughs> See, he, he doesn't agree. <laughs> he, is, yeah. he has affected the play more yes. than once. He has. He has one tackle in two games. He has. He is, of, but he is not of, affecting the plays ridiculous. like last year. Correct. At all. Um, and I do believe that Julian Aquara is way better than that. And oh, yeah. Khalid Kareem. And Ogundeje and Hayes and three safeties and two corners. I don't think we've talked enough about. We talked about the dime defense. We haven't talked enough about how everyone was worried about one cornerback position. Sean Crawford stepped right in and no yeah, one's worried about no, a cornerback anymore. The back, yeah. end, the back end of the defense yeah. is really, really good, and that's uh, something that better Nordheim than expected. Has. Yes, yeah, and that's. I mean, that's something that Notre Dame has going for them going against a quarterback Jake Fromm that's completed seventy-five percent of his passes. They need to be. Um, I mean, we know what they need to do against the run in order to compete, but they're probably going to, you know, load the box certainly at times, uh, which means they're going to have to they're going to have to handle Georgia's receivers one on one against Jake Fromm, and Notre Dame's got a really good back end of the defense. And if four defensive ends, three safeties, and two corners come to play at their best level, you have a chance to beat someone because you can affect plays on third down. You can create timely turnovers. You can give up 450 yards to, and still win football games these days. And to be fair, I mean, MTA and Adam Alola are a quality combination inside. They're going to have by far their toughest test. But we shouldn't be panning their play. They've, they've done a good job. Yeah, it, it's been a job. lot of heavy rotations that they're not going to have it, in Georgia, other than they have to rotate because of the heat. But Notre Dame is number three in the country in pass efficiency defense. We know that that's largely because... A, they have a very good secondary, but B, they've gone against some really poor quarterbacks. Uh, the three, two opponents have completed just 38.6%. Uh, Notre Dame is one of just five teams in the country that has not given up a passing touchdown up to this point. Uh, but they're going to have to stop the run, and that's where, um, obviously, Notre Dame can run into some problems. I, I, O'Malley, I think I'm with you where I'm more uh, – my level of optimism is not – really high up for Notre Dame's offense or defense, but I'm more optimistic about Notre Dame's defense coming to play than its offense. Um, they have players that have not right. appeared that will appear. I think there's more available upside on defense with Aquara, Kareem, to sort of get essentially where Ogundeje and Hayes are right now. Um, it's kind of strange to me that their backup defensive ends are playing better than their starters. Um, I think that the linebacker play obviously can be better. Uh, I, I think that I think that Drew White is probably the most likely of those linebackers to have more of the straight line ascent of a young player, which is rare. We've talked about that right, on this podcast right. a lot. You know, improvement rarely is a straight line for a young player. We saw that with the Wusu Koromoa. Uh, and I think, I think the secondary is probably what you can trust most about Notre Dame right now, which is not something I think we would have said in the summer. I mean, we thought the safeties would be good. And then, you know, Troy Pride's camp was a little bit dodgy. We didn't know what they were doing at the other corner. Um, we were still worried Crawford wasn't being held up for yeah. precaution, just that he couldn't do it. It was just and, like he was a yeah. backup safety. Right. Um, and so that, that group has been really, really good. Uh, but offensively, I just I, – I look at the offensive line, and we have a hard time figuring out how they're going to be able to run between the tackles at all. Um, so then it – then it becomes more of a an X's and O's game because you're behind in the Jimmys and the Joes, as the cliche goes. Like they need Chip Long to have his best game at Notre Dame. Um, I think to get there will require a lot of misdirection at the right time. I think getting Ian Book outside the pocket, which they've done a little but not a lot, and then Ian Book needs to process what Georgia throws at him. It was interesting talking to Book on Tuesday night about. 
you know, when you go against a New Mexico or a Louisville, I think they throw a lot of junk at you because that's their only chance to beat you. And it, it, you have to think a lot more. When you go into a great defense, they are just like, we're better than you, so we're going to do what we're best at. Um, so maybe there's less to process, but it's harder to do stuff against. So I, I'm just sort of curious how that dynamic plays out if Book in career start 12, 13? Where are we with him? 13. 13? I, I want to say. Um, can show the diagnostic ability that maybe was lacking at Louisville. Georgia is not a... You know, I mean, they're a physical defense, but they haven't been a big takeaway defense per se. They only had 24 sacks last year for whatever that's worth. They already have 12 against three lesser opponents, although I still contend that... Those teams got to get the ball out faster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> why didn't they get the ball? Yeah, I don't know why they didn't get the ball. It's I mean, I still contend teams. that of the, of the three teams they played, Vanderbilt, I mean, that's a... That's a that's a good starting point for a yeah. for a team and then a road game and Arkansas State. It's like Louisville. Really. It is exactly like Louisville. I don't really know how good Arkansas State is this year, but they've had eight winning seasons in a row. So there's a winning culture there, and they they hammered them. But so they have 12 sacks in three games compared to 24 all last season. Uh, they only had eight interceptions last year. They have two through three games this season. So they're not a huge. They haven't been a huge big play defense. Well, they they better just, not start because that would really end it. That yeah that yes that would I mean that, uh, you know uh, Ian Book has not turned the football right. over yet, uh, which is why he's number five in the country in passing efficiency. Which is considering how many people are calling for for him to uh, be replaced. That's that's pretty good. Uh, but and I didn't get a chance to ask Ian Book that yesterday. But you know I'm sure he looks at the number five pass efficiency rating and thinks, man, I'm not. I'm not playing that well right now. Yeah, well, as you look at his completion percentage, I think it's in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and that includes the, shuffles. the 100% completions behind the line. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think Ian Book, whereas I feel similarly about Book going into this game as I do about Kareem and Okwara, where there's so much more there that can come out. And if it comes out on Saturday night for all three of those guys – that's how Notre Dame is in it in the fourth quarter with a chance. Yeah, and kind of further why we're concerned about the offense, it's the offensive line, the physicality. If they come to play like they haven't come to play at all this season, or not, not at all, they haven't come to play consistently this season, I give them a better chance. But it doubling down on that, if I just give you these names, say in or out in the game, Chase Claypool. In. Kevin Austin. Well, I mean out. Jafar Armstrong. Out. Michael Young. Out. Chris Fink. I mean, he's playing. Right. In. Cole Komet. Kind in. of, kind no, of in, right? Back in. Well, Jameer Smith. Yeah, we don't We don't. These are really a lot of guys know. that are weapons for being book, and he yeah. doesn't have more than half of them. If, if Jafar Armstrong, Cole Komet, Michael Young, Kevin Austin were all healthy going in, I wouldn't think that Notre Dame had no chance to move the ball. Who is going to run the ball behind this offensive line? Against Georgia. You mean among the current running backs? Yeah, the Jam- ones that are right. available? None of them. And Jameer Smith is probably the best bet. And he was in street clothes. Don't you have more faith in Jameer Smith running hard against Georgia than Tony Jones Jr. right now? Uh, I don't know about that. I guess I'd probably see it more so than others, I, but that's my, argu- that's my f- argument. I have more faith in him being able to run through arm tackles, yeah, I, I, I guess I should say. Um, you know, it comes down to, I mean, they've been bad on third down. They've got to be better on third down. They've been very good in the red zone, uh, which has kind of been a recent trait and they need to continue to do that that's why I don't like to put I, I like there's been some their yardage type questions how many yards yeah, is yeah. I, I, I don't I'm, I'm not including those much anymore because I don't know that that's an accurate indicator as you said the other day Tim on Monday it's it's not so much a yardage it's the third and twos sure you know, what kind yeah. of what kind of percentage you have of of converting those short yardage situations that can negate a whole bunch of if Ian Book is six for twelve on third down. It doesn't matter if they don't gain right. two if they gain one hundred and fifty yards less than Georgia. Right, I mean, right. So, you know, and special teams. Special teams had a great day against New Mexico, and New Mexico, against their level of competition, has been a very good special teams uh, team. That has to continue at Georgia on Saturday night. So, I mean, there are some inroads here to be had. But at the end of the day, and I'm going to say this in segment two before all is said and done, because we're going to take questions. You're not going to trick. Georgia into losing. You're not. You're, you're not going to. 
You're not going to outfox them into a loss over the course of 60 minutes in their stadium. You can make some inroads in certain situations and certain plays, but at the end of the day, it comes back to, can the offensive line be physical enough with Georgia's defensive front? You ha- it, you, there are no shortcuts to victory at Georgia. You have to be able to play physically with him. And as we look at the matchup here sitting 72 hours before the game, we don't see a lot of evidence of that. That's why my Sunday column was referencing Georgia's grown man football. They make you come play football. Remember Missouri said they play old yeah, man football? Old man and this football. is grown man football? That's what yeah. they're doing and still. I want, and, I want, and I think this kind of ties in with that because when you talk about who has more to lose and, and motivation, and I think somebody on our message board said, well, you know, uh, Georgia didn't think that Notre Dame belonged in the playoffs and Notre Dame can use that as motivation. This Georgia's the one that got that was excluded, and they should have been because you can't. Yeah, they got killed by the LSU. Right. It was the two losses. Right. It's not you, even a question. I'm not saying yeah. that they deserve to be there, but in terms of motivation from last year and what happened, that's in that's in Georgia's favor because it fell Notre Dame's way last year. It should have. But to me, I, you would think that Georgia is just sitting and wait for, all right, Notre Dame, come on in. Yeah, I think that there's there's some cultural elements to this game that are re- that are really fun. That it's you know kind of the Midwest versus the South. Um, that's part of it. So it's you know for for Notre Dame to go down there, I, I think it's you know similar to you know if Michigan or Ohio State went down there, there's like we're going to show you how it's done in the South. Um, that's that is part of this game. Um, it's you know, it's funny. It's not it's not the other way around. It's really not. I mean, it's no. I mean. When not now, I, no, I don't think that Notre Dame fans are going to come out of this and be like, "Wow, Georgia's fans were so nice and welcoming." Thanks, guys. You don't think so? No. Whereas two years ago, that was true. I think it, it's interesting, sort of reading message boards and comments and some of my stories from Georgia fans about how much they enjoyed coming up here and how they hope Georgia fans are not complete jags. Yeah, uh, they, but they think fans. they might be. Some they're like some are definitely will. You know, <laughs> the ones who couldn't afford to go up to Notre Dame <laughs> are probably not going to be the ones that you're going to want to deal with That's who come good. down here. Um but in terms of like who has more to lose, I it's Notre Dame I think 100 times out of 100 because Georgia can lose this game and still make the playoffs. That's true. From that um, perspective, I agree with that. I, but I also think Notre Dame has way more to gain with a win than Georgia would. You know, if Georgia oh, if, oh, if Georgia yeah. wins the game, it's going to be like, well, okay, great. You know, get into the SEC plan. If Notre Dame wins the game, it's like they're number three. It's a it's a win for the Midwest region. It's just they are on upset alert the rest of the year because they're by far favorite. They'll be favored at Michigan. They'll be they, they will just be. It, it will be the best win in college football probably through late October till yeah. Alabama or Clemson loses. Yeah, exactly. And Clemson's not losing. And, well, that's a good one. And then the, and then in turn that gives you. I mean, or, or answer this question: Does that give you? Does that give Nordy more leeway then to losing somebody? To yes. Somebody else, oh right? God, yes. So that eleven and one that's, is way different. We than, said. I think we've said this on previous podcasts. Notre Dame has a path to the playoff at eleven and one, but the one cannot be Georgia. It could be Virginia the very next week. Oh, that would be painful. But it cannot be Georgia <laughs> because you have to you have to remove two SEC schools from the playoffs somehow. So do it yourself so by beating Georgia. Meanwhile, Virginia and I know Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech last year, but Virginia is prepping for Old Dominion while Notre Dame is prepping to go to Georgia to play this game. So I mean, I would take it the trade off. Yeah. But it would still be pretty painful to lose in seven days oh, after beating. It would be. Regardless what happens at Georgia this weekend, Northern Virginia is going to be a closely contested yes, no, there is no football doubt about game. It. That 86% win probability is not yeah. taking into account life in no any sense. way. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. But before I get too negative about Northern versus Virginia. I was having fun with the Notre Dame being number three here, right? This was a good time. They beat Georgia, they're number three. This is a fun week. So there are some, there are some definite inroads here for Notre Dame, but they're going to have to play their best football, and they're going to have to play a level of physicality against a very physical program that just right now, as we sit here, it doesn't look like a great matchup for Notre Dame. How about what Pete said? What's that? Midwest football versus Southern football. Don't you have to be a great offensive line to bring Midwest football down there? Yeah. Well, do it. Do, I mean, they have all the talent in the world on the offensive line, and they're veterans. They do. They'll be more vet now. Again, they'll be more veteran next year. <laughs> I, but, right. I mean, so if you're going to call them veterans now, I mean, I know, but like this is not. They're, they're breaking not making, them in. They I'm play not, the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not making it's, an yeah, excuse yeah. for them. I'm just saying that in the in the grand scheme of the evolution of the Notre Dame's offensive line, 
a year from now, it's going to be sure. it should be way further than what it is right but now. But they should still be better than they are right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Segment two coming up, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Segment two, Burning Up the Boards, brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with a 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrated readers and lit- listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. We start with TK in Cleveland. Through two games, it seems the offense has been unable to sustain drives, Relying on big plays to score. What needs to be corrected so the offense can put together drives? This is true. <coughs> I, that's not how I feel about um, big plays in the offense. New Mexico game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, I feel like big plays are good. Like, I would rather have more big plays than, sus- than more sustained drives. But, I mean, the answer is pick up a third and one. <laughs> yeah, you're 121st in the country on third down. Yeah, that needs to be done. Not be that. You need to be number one in the stadium on third down. You know it's going to be hard to beat. No, you do. Yeah, you do. You have yeah. to be the number no, one. That may still only be 37%. That'll really help, though. That'll really help if they get more that's a, that's a That's a head-to-head matchup, statistical matchup that, that really, really counts. 27%. That, that's what – they're 6 for 22 on third down. And it's not all. That's not all the offensive line. Obviously, we've talked. The statistically, Book was involved a lot in the first game with that. But the offensive line just has not looked like – the offensive line you want to turn around and hand the ball off behind on third and one. Correct. That's sometimes you can use your eye test on these things too. It doesn't explain everything, but boy, they have to be better at that. The offensive line is the only key to this game. For I think that's is one of the things particular tonight or Saturday night because I think it needs to be sort of a Florida State style game where Notre Dame just feels like they're in control with a lot of short passes. I mean, forget the short runs in some ways. Just like give me a lot of three, four, five, six yard passes. This is truly the extension of the running game with the the, yeah. the short passing game. This is yes, truly it a is. game we it's... we I scoff at that many times, but this is one of those games where that really counts. Tony for ND in twenty seventeen. Notre Dame was dominated 41-8 by Miami and Hard Rock Stadium. The Irish seemed flustered and overwhelmed by the insane atmosphere created by the home fans. Do you expect the Georgia faithful to reach the same high bars as the Hurricanes, and do you think Brian Kelly will have his team ready for the moment and prepared to compete from the start? I think they will be definitely reach the bar. Well, the hatred in Miami is impressive. The yeah, vitriol they had for Notre Dame is out of this world. I, I was yeah. not, obviously, yeah. I was not at that game, but I have been to Miami yes. in 1989, yeah. it, it was, and the hate factor in Miami its high, man. Is really, it's, it's, it's rivaled by, in my past experiences, at Ohio State. Yeah. Um, this will be a great crowd. Uh, I don't know if Notre Dame will be overwhelmed by it because Ian Book, Julian Aquara, these guys are, there's a lot of seniors on this team that have played in the playoff game. However, it goes back nine years, so half of Brian Kelly's losses. Here's how the game started. 36, 14, 3, 16, nothing, 17, nothing, 21, nothing, 28, nothing, 10, nothing, 14, nothing, 21, 3, 34, 3, 17, 6, 35, nothing, 14, nothing, 21, 3, 34, 3, 17, 6, 35, nothing, 14, nothing, 24, 7, 34, nothing, 23, 3. Could, you know, could you give us more evidence, yeah. please? <laughs> this is one of the Omalley's second score theory games. You need so a not, second score in this one. Yeah. In a big way. Because those numbers are awful. Now, that, that is 10 years. I mean, there, it is clearly wasn't awful. Right. But last year's loss was 23-3. I love the second score theory. I'm a big believer in it. It it really settles the game down and the second touchdown theory. Um, they really need it in this no, game. Second touchdown. Okay, yeah, yeah. Second touchdown theory. Uh, a second touchdown. So I don't know why I wanted to ask Brian Kelly this, but um, somebody else did in a different way on on Tuesdays or on Monday. So I didn't reiterate the question. How do you coach a fast start? I don't know how. It's not. If you knew, maybe you would just happen all the time, right? But you got you can't let this happen if. Georgia gets up on any of these scores, it's lights out other than 10 nothing. Chip Long has to coach a fast start. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a play call. You coach a fast start That's through a, play calling, not through like the, a great pump-up speech. Right. I, I don't – the comparison to Miami, I, I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen again. I mean, in terms of just emotionally 
right. uh, unraveling like well, they did. Well, it never should. That was it should weird. it shouldn't, but yeah. it did. And I I don't really think that that comparison is valid here. Other than yeah, it's going to be a great crowd, and Georgia, the Georgia fans are going to be going berserk. And and but I don't think Notre Dame's going to react the same way just because uh, most of the key figures experienced that situation. Yeah, they really grew from that, and they spent a whole offseason yeah. talking about it. I think they faced that demon. Irish fan 425, given Georgia's ability to run the ball and Notre Dame's inability to stop the run, do you think Notre Dame should employ a 4-4 front? And he gives some examples, including Crawford, Gilman on the back. This would give us with an eight pride. man With pride, of course. This would give us an eight men in the box and add the physicality of Bo Bauer. So he's bringing in Bo Bauer at linebacker. Also, with heat and humidity coupled with a physical running game of Georgia, do you think there should be a heavy DL rotation to try to keep them fresh? Well, it definitely will be a heavy D-line rotation because that's just like how they do you it. You have to. Um, you have to. And they have the material to do it. Like, yes. It's not, it's not a reach for them to rotate on the defensive line. I, I do think it's a, kind of a reach for them to rotate heavily at linebacker. Um, if I was Clark Lee, I would have spent the last two weeks figuring out a lineup of kind of a I, I would not go heavy. I would actually go lighter. I would I would figure out a way to do kind of more of a four two five, where Gilman is in the box because who do you trust more fitting a run, Alohi Gilman or Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa? Who do you trust more blitzing off the edge to create pressure on the quarterback, Alohi Gilman or Jeremiah Wusu Kormoa? It's a, Gilman is a better rover right now than Owusu Koromoa. I think Owusu Koromoa is going to be a star by the time he's done at Notre Dame. But in this game, I would, I would figure out, not only are you getting Gilman closer to the line of scrimmage where he is really, really good. And yeah, tough as nails, that's the other thing. He's, you're putting Kyle Hamilton on the field. Yeah. So I knew you had a two, I yeah, knew you had a two for that's that. your best. <laughs> to me, that's your best 11. Yeah. How would you counter that? Because I know you talk a lot about they they can't be in dime heavily. You, first of all, you have to mix all this up. Of you course, can't, yeah. You yeah. can't go into this and say, okay, we're gonna whatever your alignment is. If you're if you're giving Jake from three DB looks all night, but I you know I still I contend that it, you you have to make Jake from beat you, and he probably will if you if you put him in that situation, but. You know, like always, you have to try to take away their strength, and their strength is they're gonna they're averaging 285 yards rushing per game, and uh, DeAndre Swift's averaging almost 10 yards per carry. There's two answers because you asked me a question. I don't okay. disagree, Pete. You just put the the best players on the field, which is important. And if he can find a way to do that 55 percent of the time instead of 25, which is what it would be in a regular game, 60 mm-hmm. percent of the time even, that'd be great. And if I was Notre Dame, I would, or if I was Georgia, I would take my five running backs that would start for Notre Dame and bury Alohi Gilman for 80 straight snaps and find out how much Notre Dame wants to play that. That is the counter. Sure. What, I mean, wouldn't, that is the counter, right? That's, yes. Okay, here you go. Have a heavy dose of our 330-pound offensive lineman right. coming at you. And you know what? That, Maybe Notre Dame still makes more plays because it's Alohi Gilman. It's mm-hmm. just the nature of the matchup. As I say, yeah. there are no shortcuts to success here. You're going to be, they're going to put you in stressful situations, and guys are going to have to make plays, whether it's a good matchup yeah. or not. And Would you, you rather throw size at Georgia's offensive line that's 325 pounds or would you rather throw speed I, I would rather throw speed I'd rather I, throw Gilman I, than size I get it I think yeah. you have to do both yes. I get the yes. whole idea yeah. of, of Bauer and we have a question following I mean, up I, on here be- I, I would go as far to like put Khalid Kareem at three technique for a couple snaps or Dalen Hayes I, I, I wouldn't do it all the time no, no, I think that's but it. I think if you're an offensive guard who's like like and suddenly Khalid Kareem's in there. Like you might actually have some problems with that. I totally agree with that uh, because that puts another great player on the field at defensive end. Again. Yeah. So that is when you guys talked about rotating defensive line. They are going to rotate defensive line, but I want that to be part of the rotation. I don't want Franklin and Cross playing in this game against this line. No, no I think I, that's why to, I said the, it suggests the, the other day, and it's perhaps it's far fetched. But your two best interior defensive linemen right now are MTA and. and um, Adamiola. Defensive tackles, yeah. Did I say ends? Linemen, yeah. They're the best inside in interior, guys. Yeah, yeah interior yeah. guys. I, I don't know that if you can do that, but or if you're willing to do that. But those are those have been your two most effective. Ah, obviously, Heinish is, I mean, Heinish, you know, is going to give you a great physical effort, so he's got to get his snaps. Oh, yeah, he's got he's to play 45 but snaps I think, and play 30 I, good actually, ones. I think Pete's suggestion about uh, the weather be open, DJ, uh, 
Ogundeji in you know put him inside or whether it's uh, Hey they, Kareem. I think Kareem's probably the best. They do choice it in the dime one. anyway, right? That's yeah. It's not like those guys. It's just it's not like a new thing. But I mean, I guess in, in answer to the question, you can't go completely against the grain and try to try to work on something over the course of three days in preparation for this game. No, this abandon, would have to have been abandon in all the fundamental things that you've done in preparation. I'm sure this. Has I been believe in. it's been. Yeah, in. I'm sure this has been in. Um, it's just how much can you use it? That's what it comes down to. But to Pete's point, because I, I do think they will just run at them. But to your point, who do you think might make a play on third and three that forces a fumble? Alohi Gilman or any of those other guys? And I do say Gilman there. And it gives you Kyle Hamilton in the back. So, Following up at, 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 from at Brooksbeer1, is there any way we see more Bo Bauer in this game? I've heard the knocks against him, but every time I see him, he's flying around hitting people and being physical. I think that that may be. I think Drew White's playing well, so I wouldn't just like take out Drew White. Right. And I think he's physical. But I think Bauer and White would be a good tandem here, much more than Simon would, Shane Simon would be, because Bauer, what's Bauer going to do? He's going to run and he's going to hit somebody. Yes. And if he hits somebody, then Gilman can come around and make a play. Yeah, my, my concern with, with, with Bauer in the game is throwing the football to DeAndre Swift on the edge. Yeah, they will Simon. do that. He's a, he's a, he's a good-to-great Receiver coming out of the backfield. I don't know that he's done that much this year, but he had he he was very effective last year. And then your then your interior linebackers are going to have to cover a, a, a lot of ground with wise and again. But there's no there's no perfect matchup, yeah. so you have to you have to try a variety of these things. At MTFL Smitty, if you were Brian Kelly, Chip Long, and Clark Lee, what advantages or wrinkles would you capitalize on to give the Irish a fighting chance to win? We've talked about Lee. Clearly, in the last second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Chip Long, I, I, I think he has a really hard job in this game because they're not going to be able to run the ball with the running back. Even if the offensive line plays really well, I'm not sure what differentiators are in the backfield to run the ball right now. That's that's the big, the dual problem there. They couldn't run it in 2017. Well, oh, you're saying they would. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Nelson, right. Buster yeah. Bars. Although, I think with this level of book... They would have had a much better offensive day. Sure. Of course. And he also had better. He had some awfully good receivers in that game for him. Yeah. I, I, that, unfortunately, Ian Book's got to win this game for Notre Dame because Notre Dame running backs aren't going to win the game. The offensive line and Ian Book have to play great. And I have faith that Ian Book could play great. But he's just going to be, if you can't run, he's going to be under such duress. He, he will be. But, I mean, it, you know. There, there appears to be some things you can take advantage of. They have paper, good hands. You can take All the running backs can catch. Yes. We watched it, but it just hasn't been unveiled yet. We haven't seen Kyron Williams make the plays we thought he would make in the passing game against really, well, it's not fair to say Louisville, he didn't get to play. But against bad defenses, I just thought Kyron Williams would really show up. I think Jameer Smith did against Louisville. I think there, I think there are still some things you can do with Avery Davis, uh, not necessarily just handing him the football, but who said wheel route the other day? I think a wheel route, and you want to mix that in one or two times uh, to take advantage of his speed. And... You know, I think you mentioned Tim misdirection. You've got to yep. get you you've got to get Georgia to play against its natural aggression, and and that requires uh, giving them some eye eye disciplined decisions to make uh, going against the grain. You guys mentioned uh, <coughs> waiting for interviews yesterday, uh, uh, over under <coughs> for pass attempts. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Pete, I thought Pete had a... You had a good number. My Pete. line was 39 and a half. And I think they have to go over because they're going to be forced to. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Not that I want it to happen that way. I'm saying that they're just going to have no recourse at some point. If that point. goes under... That is a great sign. That's a, real, that's a really great sign. But I think, uh, uh, you know, I mean, like how many snaps are you realistically looking at for Notre Dame? Just say 75. I mean, they haven't hit 70 yet. So Just, yeah, I think sure, 75 would be a great number for them, actually, in this game. I'd say it's probably going to be, let's say 70 okay, snaps. let's say 70 snaps. I think it's, you're probably 42 passes and, what would be, what, 28 yeah. run attempts? It doesn't bode well. And, and Book has almost half of those. Oh, I thought it was like, of the passes? No. Oh. The run, <laughs> yeah, the that, that is a wrinkle. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Tim has found a wrinkle. That yeah. would be a... <laughs> CMU Penn's fan, a lot of people talk about how ND, they cannot win on the big stage. Doesn't the same pressure apply to Georgia, who has not won the big one when it has mattered most under Kirby Smart? Do you trust Kelly under pressure if the game is close more than Smart? I think, first of all, this is just Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart's fourth year as a head coach, Brian Kelly, his tenth year at Notre Dame, and I don't think that that's accurate because uh, 
I mean, that Georgia had Alabama on the ropes last year in the SEC championship game and lost 35-28. They beat Auburn in the SEC championship game the year before by three touchdowns. And Auburn was the one team that beat them that year. That was the team that okay. beat them. When Notre, right. Dame, when Notre Dame lost to them, Auburn beat them. And then after that, they went to the Rose Bowl and beat number two Oklahoma. With Baker Mayfield. Right. It was a big game. The playoff so, game. So I think right there, Kirby Smart, in two years, has... He does have more. Those are bigger wins. Exactly. However, he does have the dumbest play in the history of SEC <laughs> no, championship no games. So no, and that's let's on, just... No, that's I get the him. point of the question. That was absolutely unbelievable. I... <laughs> It was not good. I would be, if you're a Georgia fan, you have, I mean, you're still mad. Yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's incredible. That is the sneaking suspicion of Georgia fans that Kirby Smart, in a high pressure moment, well, there's will an just example. have a complete mental breakdown. That was unbelievable. Look, I was rooting for Georgia for a reason. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd like to cover two playoff games. Yeah. <laughs> and I was angry for Georgia fans and for my delicate sensibilities. Yeah. I have no idea how you would take that pun. Uh, right. but <laughs> He's got to do that like nine times. As it relates to the question, I think Kirby Smart, in a very short period of time, has won some big games and came really close to winning a big game over Alabama as well. Golden Domer 73, who would you rather have for this game? You can only take one of the two packages, and that's... Jerry Tillery and Jonathan Bonner on the D-line, or Drew Tranquil and Tavon Coney, a linebacker? Tranquil and Coney. Yeah, because that's, that's a good question. I'd rather have Jalen Smith and <laughs> I would. I think I would. <laughs> I, I mean, I you know, I obviously I think Tranquil and Coney is one of the better inside linebacker yeah. pairings that we've seen at Notre Dame. But um, I think I'd still take the point of attack. I think I'd still take your your senior and your fifth year senior interior defensive lineman. And you're rotating MTA and Adam Lola behind them too. That helps. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Jalen Smith and Will Fuller. <laughs> what's Avery, your two? What's Avery, your two? Avery Davis is just as fast <laughs> as Will Fuller. Yeah, well then the guy chasing him is even faster wow. than both of them because did you see that? <laughs> if he was running twenty three miles per hour, the guy chasing him that caught him in the end zone was running twenty four. <laughs> because that dude was flying. That's pretty good. Who would you take? What are the two players you take? Two, Brian yeah. Kelly era. Of the Kelly era. I mean, Jalen Smith would obviously be one. Um, the other one, I think I would pr- I'd probably go with, like, um, Quentin Nelson. Can't do it alone, though. You know? No, but yeah. you've got to start somewhere. <laughs> you want to block someone? Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. And you think a third, really good... think a third one right there? I don't know. I mean, it's... I. Yeah, I probably would do Fuller. I'd probably do Fuller. Because they they just don't have that player at all. I mean, I think the the gap like look Nelson was a generational player, but I think Banks and Kramer are pretty good. Um, Fuller, I just was. They don't have anybody close to that kind of player. Where who on Notre Dame when the ball hits their hands, you're like <gasps> Notre Dame doesn't have that player. Will Fuller was. Hell, I take Stefferson. Oh, that hurts. Mm, yeah, I mean, <laughs> who could still be, be a senior in order uniform? It yeah. hurts a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, at T O T O'Malley, not me, not you. Uh, should Kyle Hamilton get five to ten snaps on the offensive side of the ball? Should he play more in the base defense? Could a safety move to Rover to get Hamilton on the field? He's a top eleven guy on the defensive side of the ball. He has to be out there against his home state Bulldogs. Sure, this wasn't you. It <laughs> sounds like something I would say. We we did discuss this, uh, and Pete discussed it. Not sure about the offensive snaps. I can tell you on the offensive. Talking to people around Notre Dame, that was something they were going to do at the beginning of camp. Yes. Yeah. But as soon as Hamilton really clicked on defense, they kind of went away from it because they just were like, "All right, let's just do the defensive yeah, thing." Clearly, you're going to play a lot. You're getting maybe it. that's something you can do in the future with him. Yeah, yeah. I think this year it was more like we need to get you on the field because yeah. you're ridiculously athletic, but you're getting on the field enough on defense. So yeah, I don't. I don't think. Sorry, Tim, but I, I mean, I don't think that Kyle Hamilton's getting cheated out of snaps so far. No, no, but I could use more for this game just because he's a playmaker. He's gonna be the. He's gonna. It's a whole new world of tackling for Carl Hamilton in this game, though. I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad tackler. In the he's nickel, an in the nickel not the dime. Yeah, he's I mean, eight, you have, you right. Can, you have running looks. dime is really, really risky in this game. Fun fact on Kyle Hamilton: uh, I was talking to somebody close to him uh, about the play he missed at Louisville, and he said that's the first time he's ever blitzed. 
In high school, he never Who was his coordinator, Van Gorder? <laughs> what? I don't know. Had Van Gorder dipped back down to the uh, high school level in Georgia? That's the trade I'd make. Jalen Smith on Notre Dame and Van Gorder on Georgia. Ah. <laughs> yes. They both go back to where they belong. Perfect. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying, and I get that we all want to see Kyle Hamilton play more. It's exciting to see that. You like touchdowns and stuff? But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good thing for Notre Dame. But um, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about Kyle Hamilton not getting enough meaningful snaps this year. He'll be... He's already gotten a lot. He already has gotten a lot and will continue to... To his credit, though, this question, the 5-10 to 10 snaps, <laughs> I know it's off the table because of the, the yeah. good coaching reason. We said there's not another difference. Like with no Cole Komet, you don't know how healthy Cole Komet is. He is the guy. Throw the ball up in the air and see if he catches it. Right. It's probably the wrong defense to do it against out athlete, though. I mean, the guy guarding Kyle Hamilton can probably go and play with the ball Maybe. with Kyle Hamilton, too. That's, uh, if he can't, then Kyle Hamilton should play. Yeah. <laughs> because JJ Line to win, how many points will Notre Dame's offense need to generate? Will they be looking to take risks to get there throughout the game? For example, going for it on fourth down, trick plays, and fake kicks. Uh. Minimum high 20s, bare minimum high 20s, I think. I'm not sure how I, what the cap is on, on what they would... I feel like it, you know, it's a weird... I would answer this question like... They're you have two ways. I know probably about say. like 24 points because um, they're only going to score 24 points. It's a, the question is how many points can they allow Georgia to score? Because Notre Dame has a, a very hard cap to me on how many points they're going to score in this game. They, so, like, the notion that, like, well, if Notre Dame scores 35 points, like, I'm not even going to have that conversation with you because there's no way Notre Dame is going to score 35 <laughs> points. They would have to get a, a defensive. Yeah, okay. All right. And, he does know, say offense. And then maybe yeah, something yeah. set up in the special teams. And Yeah, but I hear what you're saying. You're Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Rocket. I'm going to add Rocket to the team now. We need some special teams. <laughs> um, Notre Dame, when neither team scores more than 24. Um, there you go. This is another O'Malley special. Is, is 26 and 4. With Brian Kelly. One loss, of course, was to Georgia, so that applies here. But uh, the problem is holding Georgia under 24. That's why I find the the over-under is 56.5. What do you think about that? Are you support- It's a Notre Dame-friendly over-under, I think. My final score is only at 58, though. Now that I'm looking at my prediction score, I'm looking at down here. You know, that that can be tilted. Yeah, I guess it could be. It could really 40, be tilted if, yeah, if Georgia has, you know... I'm just saying it could. <laughs> yeah. That's happened in football I, I, before. I, I, I guess I, I'm asking that because I find the over-underline problematic in, in me picking my score. Mm-hmm. Uh, at OC4403, curious as to how you see Notre Dame using their lesser experienced backs like Sebo Flemister in order to keep the Georgia defense off balance. I feel like Brian Kelly wants Sebo Flemister to break through because he talks about him a lot. He's a different he type really, of runner. He really, t- man, he got more play for a guy that had yeah. seven carries for minus two yards. Yeah, and Never even before that, before. It's, I, I feel like without Jameer Smith, they just don't have a hard-charging guy. Tony Jones at times is. I mean, he's had three good games in, in a uniform. They've never been against a team like Georgia. Well, I mean, they haven't played, they've barely played these many teams. But I just feel like Kelly thinks that if Flemister could hit a hole, he could hit it with some authority and break a tackle. And I think he needs... I think he needs them. I'm not. I just don't know Jameer Smith's status. I, yeah. I must be higher on Jameer Smith than other people because I, I, I well, think he I've can been run through stuff. Higher on higher on Flemister going into the New Mexico yeah. game, and he didn't do a lot. Do you like Jameer Smith, Pete? The way he runs, I think he's okay. I mean, I think he's a fine, fine player. Um, but I think that's sort of where Notre Dame is at running backs. They just have some guys. Um, you know, Sebo Flemister. He was fifth all through camp right. behind yeah. a true freshman. So totally I mean, different player than Kyrie. I Williams, guess the though. the staff. Likes him, but only in the sense that he's the fifth got back in a, at a pretty mediocre group of running backs. Um, let me th- uh, throw a question in here from our list, guys, and it's from at I like logic. How much could your expe- expectations be changed with a 100% Cole Komet, Jafar Armstrong, Kevin Austin, and Michael Young? That's what my point was Which is was what earlier. your point was. I, I, I would... Just say that none of those guys are defensive players, right? But I wouldn't think that the defense would have to be out there for forty minutes. Either. True, true. That's that's yeah. how I look at the game. There, that's when the short passing game, rolling out Ian Book, getting creative, controlling the clock would actually, I think, have a high probability of working. Um, 
they should still try that, yes. but it's just it's going to be a heck of a lot harder to make it work. Ian Book throws 35 to 40 passes, and he has targets to Chase Claypool, 8, Kevin Austin, 6, Chris Fink, 5, Michael Young, 5, Cole Komet, 5, Jafar Armstrong, 6. That is a lot different than what uh, you can now roll out no there. No doubt. No doubt. That, that Those transforms guys are, yeah. their offense potentially into something different. I have a question from at EaglesFan36. How much is George's tweeting during the Nordame Clemson game being talked about at the Goog this week? Haven't heard it brought up. Probably would have been if they played the week after the game. The whole, uh, you know, like the, if there was a game like yeah. they had to play the right old, after the, the game. The old bulletin board material from back when this I was, game was January fifteenth. Notre Dame fans and players yeah, would be really mad about that. I just, <laughs> they I just the long of the game do not and, think that the game no is. This game is not going to be played that way. Nordame needs to to hit Georgian in the mouth and what they tweeted again. I think that's. I think, <laughs> I think that's, about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just knocked your butt out. Like, because you tweeted that nine months ago. So yeah, take that, George. Like, that's it's not happening. If anything, no if anything, all of that is again. I said that in the first segment. That is to George's advantage. Right. They're the ones that feel like they were shortchanged. Uh, do I have anything else here? I wanted to go back to part of J.J. Elwine because I think you guys are going to okay. agree with this. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we didn't address one of them. Going for it on fourth down. They're going to go for fourth down. Midfield, fourth down. You got him. Not, yeah. ju- not just like where they always go for Right, it. yeah. it's That's part of this game. And I do think there'll be some third and fours where they're thinking fourth and two. Fourth and one because it's part of the offense. I mean, it's yeah. got to be part of it right now. Yeah. They just don't have the what We just named all the weapons they don't have. You have, you have to have a game plan that acknowledges that Georgia is way better than you. Because if you just try to play him straight up, I don't think you have a chance. If you heard BK talking about Georgia Monday at his his press conference... They're putting together that kind of game plan that accounts for Georgia being way Uh, more talented. All right, one more thing before we get to the conclusion, and that's uh, from J.J. Dippo. Is it possible that on short yardage we've really shown nothing but dives into the line and that moving smaller defensive alignment is difficult since they are already lower? O'Malley's waiting for this. But with uh, Georgia coming up, we may show more RPOs or other deception that can work to our favor. They'd be the first team ever what was your to hold back on physicality. Yeah, I was going to say, what was your yeah. comment All right, guys, the other day? About- don't show Georgia how big, strong, mean, and fast you are, okay? I need you guys' offensive line to play passive. I want everybody to run like Tony Jones as a freshman. And uh, be careful out there. I understand where you're coming from with the question, but it's not really... Ground in reality. You know who wasn't passive in their first three games on offensive line? Watching them on tape? Georgia. They weren't. And I, I mean, not to say that there there aren't some things, especially in the RPO game, that they can oh, do. Oh, yeah, that part of it. That part of it we, we would agree with. But as far as short yardage physicality, you don't think that that line and that Nordheim sideline was geared up to converting those those plays? I, you know, and, and okay, so maybe you thought, okay, we're just going to pound the ball in there and see if we can get better at that. And even if we fail, we're still going to beat Louisville and New Mexico. Yeah, but I thought then they should have been able to pound the ball in there and not <coughs> fail. That was my point. I think it's okay to go up to to New Mexico and Louisville and not show all of your best stuff on third down, but then you still have to convert with physicality. Right. They should have shoved New Mexico right. out of the way. And you know what? When you say, That's well, New Mexico you- moved, you're allowed to move. <laughs> it's not like Georgia stands there and waits for you. Yeah. I mean, your whole line of regarding physicality, I think, is right on. Last question from Dan underscore Brian twenty one. According to twenty four seven Sports, Georgia has signed eighteen five star players since twenty sixteen. Notre Dame has zero. Isn't that the main reason Georgia wins? Top end game changing talent that Notre Dame simply doesn't have. Well, I mean, they have top end game changing offensive line talent. Um, I mean, they got a few five stars on their offensive line right now. Uh, that's this is the biggest reason though. Yeah. I mean, since the Nor- Georgia came here, Georgia has drastically improved the quality of its roster, and Notre Dame has not. So Georgia's better than it was when it won here two years ago. Notre Dame's kind of about the same. Notre Dame's four-star players have to play like four-star players. Yeah, that's a great point. That is. I don't say. Do you I mean, say was, was, the best was, part of the podcast? Was, was Asmar <laughs> Bilal a four-star player coming out of high he was, school? Yes, yeah. he was. So was the whole line, the whole offensive line. The, That's Ch- true, Chase will. There were some people that did not like my confidence thing and musings because they're all nice kids and we shouldn't rate them, even though the entire point of the sports internet is to rate high school players. <laughs> um, got, it's just, your website's on 24-7 yeah, sports. I have, uh, 
I have a lot of faith in Chase Claypool playing to his status. A lot of the guys I did not have faith to play their status absolutely 100% have to. And if they do, we're going to have a really good game. If the offensive line plays as well as they are capable of playing, and these defensive ends, all four, play well, this yeah, is a good day. This is, I mean, this is worth pointing out that while Ian Book is, has had a really good career at Notre Dame, um, we look at that in terms of he was a three-star that was once committed to Washington State. Jake Fromm was a five-star, all-world, all-everything coming out of high school, and he's played that way. I look at Book above that now. Yeah, I think Book's played like a four-star. But this question is about five-stars. Yes. Jake Fromm has played like a five-star. A guy who plays like a five-star is better than a guy who plays like a four-star. Regardless of what they're ranked, I would agree. But there, there are a limited number of Notre Dame five stars. I mean, actually, like very there's a limited number of five well, stars, and Jordan Kramer, has all of them. Kramer was a five star, right? With twenty four seven, he was a twenty four seven five star. Kyle Hamilton was a five star in twenty four seven. So the zero is not accurate, but eighteen to two is, yeah. is still a pretty, pretty big advantage for Georgia. Have we been overly negative in this? Podcast. We Should probably, we make predictions then? Yeah, we. I mean, we. Pro- <laughs> if not, we probably we probably were on on Monday, but we don't go in saying we're going to be positive or negative. We're just the. I mean, the whole idea of our podcast is to share our feelings, and on Monday, I mean, we shared some of our greatest concerns. Um, We've been wrong on the podcast plenty of times. It's just been more than a year. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the All last right. time we were really wrong on this podcast, it went the wrong way for Pete and I in Miami. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. I had a lot of quote unquote faith in that day. <laughs> I thought, yeah, they were gonna just just knock Miami around. All right, you guys make your predictions. Mine will come out on uh, Friday morning. It's uh this is the most confident I have have been in a Noreim loss under Brian Kelly. I think more so than the Alabama game, which I was really confident in. Because that's an easy um, retrospect right. one part. Yeah. Clem- yeah, Clemson I thought they would lose, but I could easily see a path for Notre Dame winning. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is one where Notre Dame's weaknesses dovetail with Georgia's strengths in a really bad way. And it's, it's, the, it's the kind of way that you have to deal with on every single damn play. It's not like, you know, Georgia has Randy Moss and... <laughs> Notre Dame is starting starting me at corner. Like that's something you can only take advantage of so many times. When you well, only need to about eight. When, yeah, when you have an elite run game and you're going against a mediocre run defense, that's just going to wear you down. So it and then you have a five star quarterback on top of it to take advantage of when you overload. So it's I just have a really hard time seeing a, a path for Notre Dame to win that doesn't involve. A punt return touchdown, a pick six, and, and, some and, really uh, inexplicable stuff. An injury to from something along yeah, those that. kind of lines. Yeah, the six running backs. Right. God, I love their <laughs> yeah. running backs. A graduate oh transfer God. from DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I mean, I loved I loved Clemson's running backs, but I think I like this group even oh, yeah. better. So it's they're angry. They're I angry. I think I think Notre Dame is going to get beat badly on Saturday. Um, so I, I'm going. I think Georgia 34, Notre Dame 14. I, with everything that's happened in Notre Dame, namely the offensive line is just has not impressed me at all, and I thought they would be a strength. Armstrong, Austin, well, not Austin, who wouldn't be there? Armstrong, Young, and just because Komet's back doesn't mean he's Cole Komet. He had a broken collar when he's coming back from. I have stretched my score from about nine points to the 37 21 range. Um, and there's a reason for that. I think Notre Dame's defense will make plays when it has to to force some field goals by Georgia. Unfortunately, those are absolutely automatic three-point kicks for the kicker, and I don't think Notre Dame's getting right a field goal. got into that. What if uh, Cole Komet plays to the level of his best previous performance in a Notre Dame uniform? Does that make a That's what I'm getting, 37-21. Well, my, that, my, that's that's my, how they're my getting points. My point being yeah. that, that yeah. You, you want Cole Komet to be at his very best, and... He hasn't. I mean, how many games has he I'll really impacted? Northwestern, I thought he impacted. Stanford, he was Yeah, good. if Cole Komet could go down the seam twice on third and 16, that impacts this well, game. Well, we already know Tommy Tremble can do that. That helps, too. So, But I'm in the... I don't. I think Notre Dame's defense will play really well, be out there too long, and still give up 37 points. Does that make sense? I don't think it's just that they're going to get absolutely bludgeoned. I think it's their best effort to date. 
relatively speaking. However, they're running into a much different world of offense. Um, if the defense doesn't play well, I don't have anywhere near enough points up for Georgia. It'll be 50-20. to 20. But I think the D will play well. 37-21, and I think Book will come out and play well. He just doesn't have enough help right now. 21, I think, would be the highest high water mark. mark. Uh, that's my and reflection that's of I think he'll play well. And that's well. just barely over, so that's where I have the dilemma with the over-under. Um, you need a short field to get 21. To, I mean, you can... You do. You know, a turnover a turnover here or there. I mean, it, it's, it's not... It's not something you know where you get lucky per se, no. but you but you need but you need something that hey, and Notre Dame is uh, as far as turnover margin per game, they're number one in the country. If Notre Dame forces three turnovers, it also matters where they are. If Jake Fromm throws one pick and it's in the end zone, that's great. If Jake Fromm throws a pick at his own ten yard line, that's great. Doesn't matter if Jake Fromm Jake Fromm throws a pick at the fifty and Notre Dame falls down. I mean, they just might not score. This you can't predict. Sure, Notre Dame can win if they force three turnovers, don't turn the ball over, and get a really good effort from Julian Aquara and Khalid Kareem. But all that has to happen. What's Notre Dame's longest scoring drive? <laughs> Seventy-five yard. I mean, yeah, I, I, look I, at th- one. I think they'll have a legit. They could go down and score right away. They'll, too. they'll have a couple legit yeah. touchdown drives. Um, but yeah, I, I just there. Rarely do I look at a game and think like I just I don't know how Notre Dame would win. Other than like the inexplicables, and yeah. you're not predicting inexplicables. That's our point. We're not predicting that yeah. Fromm all of a sudden makes a ton of mistakes. And I don't know why that would you happen. Could, you could predict Kyle Hamilton pick six. That's yeah. not inexplicable. That, that that that's one happens fifty percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and more than that, when we saw him in August. All right, hey, we appreciate you joining us, and we are really, really looking forward to flying into Atlanta on Saturday and then making the drive to Athens. We're not looking forward to the that traffic part, we are told we're going to encounter. So we don't really know exactly how early we have to leave uh, from the Atlanta area to get into Athens. But looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere, I should say. And Nordim's up against it. They're going to have to be stout and play their best football in order to beat Georgia. We appreciate you joining us today. We'll be back. Tim and I will be back uh, pregame in Sanford Stadium on Saturday. Thanks for joining us. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.